Hello and thank you for downloading this, the 21st episode of the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. 21. Yeah, 21. 21, we can buy alcohol and stuff. In America. Oh, that's true. Although also in Edinburgh, uh, not that it's different for the alcohol laws in Edinburgh, but no. that's where we're going. Good link though, yeah. I think we so. are, we're going to Edinburgh. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Cast Iron Theatre goes to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. With a uh, a full one hour show, yes, one woman show, yeah, cacophony, cacophony, featuring the magnificent Heather Rose Andrews, and that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Actually, we're going to be chatting to Heather mm-hmm. about um, how the show was formed, uh, about mime, about comedy, about indeed what the word cacophony actually means. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good one, actually. Yeah. Um, we chatted a few days before the preview. Well, that's right, because we had a preview at the Dukebox Theatre in Brighton, mm-hmm. uh, where we were just you know, giving it a trial run before we went up to um, Scotland, and it, it went really well. It went so well. And she got a standing ovation. Oh, she did. Absolutely well-deserved. Mm. They're like a fantastic night, and it's really lovely, and it's, it's in a, a good place to um, take it up to Edinburgh. Yeah. We're very excited. Of course, that's not the only thing we're taking up to Edinburgh. No, we're taking up the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. That's going up to Edinburgh as well. We'll be speaking to as many people as we can, really. Theatre makers. Uh, Dancers. uh, Mime artists. Improvisers. Magicians. Um, Clowns. Uh, Dancers. Did we do dancers? No, no, no. Okay, dancers. Cabaret acts. Burlesque acts. Um, Children's entertainers. People who juggle jugglers, jugglers. <laughs> <laughs> so basically any number of people. Yeah. If we if we got if we've got a, a space in the calendar for you, uh, then we we'll want to be chatting to you yeah. about your show. Yeah, because usually we we try to chat to people who are from Brighton or passing through Brighton. Yeah. And we say this in the podcast as well, but we may stretch the rules somewhat for Edinburgh because yeah. it's special. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's a really lovely podcast to have just before we um, get up to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, I say we've got one day left. That's not quite true. We've got a few days left before we go up to Edinburgh itself. But we have got one day, as, as you hear this downloaded mm-hmm. or uploaded, we've got one day left for a thing. Yes. Yeah. And we mention it in the podcast as well. Yeah. However, we also were not sure how many days left we would have. But now we know for sure. That there is only one day left yeah. of our Indiegogo fundraiser, which we we talk about at length, but definitely listen to that bit. Um, if you do want to help us out with Edinburgh and are inspired and and just basically lovely, you can find us by googling Indiegogo cacophony edinburgh fringe or even cacophony edinburgh fringe will get you there also you can find us um on facebook at cacophony c-i-t as in cast iron theater yes um and also we're on twitter at cast underscore iron act so basically you're saying that we've got no excuse no no you can back us and help make our little fringe dreams come true uh, but that's that's quite possibly what not why you're here. You're here to listen to the podcast. You're here to listen to Heather. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a beautiful podcast. Mm. Uh, thank you for finding us. Thank you for uploading or downloading. Uh, thank you for being you. And if you're in Edinburgh, come and say hi, and we'll say hi back. <laughs> See you soon.
So welcome to this episode of the uh, Cast Iron Theatre podcast. We're at the back end of July now. We're all up and down the country. Uh, nervous theatre performers are prepping for their final preparations for the Edinburgh Fringe. It's going to be soon an exodus of people um, rolling up at Waverley Station uh, for the Edinburgh Fringe where they have hopes and they have dreams and they have determination and they have a belief that they might make at least £8.20 back on their show. Um, this, I, I'm sorry to tell you, this might not happen. Um, there will be all manner of things in, in the Edinburgh Fringe. There's going to be um, comedy. There's a lot of comedy, obviously. There's lots of drama. There's a lot of dance. Um, and uh, then there's, um, there's you, Heather. Yeah. You are your front and centre of a show. Yes, I am. Called Cacophony. Yeah. We were saying to a couple of people um, that uh, we've been going on about Cacophony, the show, for so long um, that some people uh, might not even know what the word Cacophony actually means. I I, I don't want to sort of um, be the person to sort of like tell other people words that they already know. Um, But. Do you get caught short when people turn around to you and say, "Oh, Heather, what does cacophony actually mean?" Do you get, do you panic and suddenly not know what it means? What do you say? Uh, the way I the way I would probably describe it is it's sort of overwhelming noise. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It, it is. It's it, noise, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the dictionary definition that I read a couple a while back is that it's not necessarily a pleasant sound. It is a you know, it's an oppressive sound. It gets too much. Uh, because actually, there's another because I've heard of cacophony before. Yeah. I didn't know there's an opposite word. Uh, I may mispronounce this, but euphophony. Yeah, I have pronounced, mispronounced it, which is a pleasant sound. Like yeah. Euphoric. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly like euphoric. Well, hello. Um, we should explain for people who aren't too uh, sure. Uh, this is Michelle. Uh, and the uh, I guess I would say the other, art, but you know, the co-artistic director of Cast Iron Theatre. Yeah. Because I'm one of them. Yes. And you're the other one of them. I am the other one. But uh, but that, that that sounds like it's somewhat reductive. It could be that you're a artistic director of Cast Iron Theatre and I'm the other one. You take yeah. it in turns. It, it, you take it in turns, yeah. 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 We, we are... We are Cast Iron Theatre. We are. We are. Yeah. Uh, like the Avengers, but yeah. with less of them and much more uh, aware of the female quotient of the Avengers. Indeed, and a lot more sort of, you know, daily tasks. Yeah, more daily, less saving the world. More typing. More typing. Um, booking. Yeah, yeah, all this, all, yeah. all of the above. I'm not sure how loud I am, because I usually um, produce yeah. the podcast. So That's I true. usually sit behind the microphone and yeah. smile and wave and mutter and <laughs> laugh and yeah. giggle. Yeah. But uh, right now I'm on the wrong side of the mic. Yeah. Desperately hoping, but the laptop that shows the sound waves is actually behind me. Yeah. I I have no frame of reference how loud I am, so... You're doing very well, I believe. It seems perfectly fine. I I suspect that, you know, Heather and I are going to be louder. I think that is true. So what are you going to be talking about today? Well, I guess we are going to be talking about Cacophony, um, because um, it's the first time that Cast Iron Theatre has taken a show up to the Edinburgh Fringe. And we thought we'd, uh, you know, do this almost like a a recce, as a sort of research and development of how the Fringe works. And we thought we'd go in a little bit quietly, a little bit sensitively. And so we thought, you know, we'd go for the full month of Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't completely know at first when we talked about it. And I knew, okay, so we decided to go up to Edinburgh. Yeah. I just assumed it would be about probably a seven, five to seven sure. day yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you were like, no, um, 
what is the full month? Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's going to be the challenge, isn't it? But it isn't like we just told you that last week. You, yeah. you know him for a while. You've given me like, I don't know. At least six weeks notice. Yeah, at least yeah, six yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> for a penny? Yeah, absolutely. And losing all our pounds. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually at a, a new venue. I mean, we're, at, we're, we're sweet venues who yeah. have got a long relationship with Edinburgh Fringe. They've been there for about 10 or possibly 11 years. I've I've started this interview without doing the proper research but they've been there for about a decade uh, yeah. of the Edinburgh Fringe at uh, the Sweet Grass Market because they're new, they're new to Brighton aren't they relatively well, new relatively, relatively new, new yes because um, I didn't know that they originally were from sort of Edinburgh. Scotland yeah yeah, yeah Scotland. indeed um, and so yeah as you say they've been, they're relatively recent to um, Brighton although I say that that four or five years with um, the Sweet Duke Box yeah. in Brighton and yeah they've had a, a presence on the grass market at each Edinburgh Fringe for the past few years but they've got a new venue uh, they're going to be at the uh, Sweet Hollywood and we're going to be one of the shows at the Sweet Hollywood and with uh, Cacophony I've asked you what the word means, or what you say when uh, people ask you what the word means. What do you say when people ask you what the actual show is about, or what the show is? Um, I think, uh, well, I tend to say, uh, or I tend to sort of half mime and say to them, (laughs) (laughs) that I think it's exploring sound, uh, the use of sound, whether it's um, vocally not, uh, not speaking. Yeah. Um, and how you would tell a story if you weren't actually speaking, so yeah. through movement, or songs that are about sound, yes. and how if you take them out of the, what's the word? I'm context, I guess. Yeah, context. Yeah. What, what, what's the story? What's it? I think she's experimenting with it. Um, I was calling it non-linguistic vocalisation. Yeah. That's yeah, what we're going to go for The Guardian. I think yeah. we'll, we'll say that for The Guardian. Because <laughs> there are vocalisations that you make, yeah, but they're non-linguistic to a degree, aren't they? They're, yeah, you know there are some words that you say, but a lot of it is the the sounds that you can make with your voice that give meaning. That That's make right. Meaning they communicate something, mm. but they're not a linguistic vocalization. <laughs> no, I guess not. Because uh, you you are. Because some of our early rehearsals, we were experimenting with, uh, do we create sounds that you respond to? Mm-hmm. Is, there a bat, is there a soundscape for you to inhabit? And actually worked out for the various things that we were trying to pull apart that it was all down to you. You'd create the soundscapes, so yeah. all the sounds that are either um, they're, they're from you vocally. Yeah, it's, well, it's the sound effects, which yeah. at first I was... I think I struggled. I, I felt like I was going to struggle with it, but I think, you know, every day when you practice, it's actually quite... It's quite an easy thing to do, I think. Yeah. Um, well, certainly a very exciting thing to do. Yes, but you also, it's, it's you have to sort of really think about, okay, so what, I don't want to give stuff away, but no. you've got a certain thing that's going to happen, what's the best way to describe that? Is it kind of like a kind of sucking noise yeah. or is it a, a pop yeah, it's different ways of sort of figuring out. And indeed, how realistic that sound is. If yeah. if if the if we're doing a sound that's absolutely realistic, mm-hmm. that may not be as good for stage and for the audience mm-hmm. as a more cartoony pantomime yeah. sound. You can just say splash. Yeah, although we although we don't do that. <laughs> we don't. Well, no. oh well, sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. But, and do you have recorded sound? Don't you? We have recorded sound in order to sort of. Um, punch the beginning or end of a scene um so uh that you kind of once we delivered the the i wouldn't say punchline because it's not necessarily that each scene is a joke but once you delivered that 
for want of a better word, punchline, then we might come in with a recorded sound just to um, almost like the the lights down, like a. Yeah. a, a well, we don't have that. any. We don't really have any props. No. Um. So it's completely. I think we need. We well, we discussed that the music at the beginning would just quickly set the scene. Yeah. And then you can cut it, and then. And then you're off. I'll come in and whew, you know hopefully because you be are because you're miming while um creating a soundscape as well. Yeah. Uh, we met somebody. We were discussing the show. Uh, Michelle and I were discussing the show with somebody over the weekend, and we were discussing this: the fact that you were creating a soundscape, and he looked at us with a baleful, unblinking look and said, "You do know that mime is silent, don't you?" <laughs> um, <laughs> It's not, it's, it's not, not mime, though. No. We're clowning. It's more clowning, isn't yeah. it? But it is one of those things that the lack of dialogue, because there is definitely a lack of dialogue, there were two main driving forces in creating this show for me. One of them was, I can say to you, to your face, was to work with you, to sort of uh, be able to sort of um, build a show in you and work with you and, um, frankly, exploit your talent. Uh, there's all that. So that was definitely a, a major factor in what <laughs> I wanted to be doing. But the other factor in terms of how it affects me is, as a writer, as a director, I tend to be really fascinated, sometimes overly distracted by language and dialogue yeah. and uh, misunderstandings in dialogue or double meanings and so sometimes my writing is I don't think I'd ever be outside my own head negative to call it verbose but certainly you know I'm interested in language as part of the dialogue yeah. and so I was interested by taking all of that away from <laughs> myself and could I tell a story yeah. could we tell a story without that prop yeah of language so to put you on the spot, Andrew, what would you, how would you describe Cacophony in terms of, you know, not an elevator pitch as such, but no. what, what is Cacophony to you? It's probably a response to that of, um, as writers, as creatives, uh, a lot of people that I know are interested by language and plot and narrative. And so can you sustain an engaging hour on stage when a lot of those tools are taken away from you? And a lot of dialogue, whether it be on stage or in real life, tends to be lots of people talk, talking at one another and not actually listening to what's being said to them. A lot of conversation is two people waiting for the other person to shut up so they can have their say. And so even if you've got two people talking, they're not really connecting, they're not really communicating, they're not really uh, having an engagement with one another. Mm. And so there's this, I'm fascinated by this idea that can we take an audience on a journey, which is, I admit, a hideously overused phrase in theatre, mm. um, but... Yeah, can you have a relationship with the audience when you take away a lot of the stuff that make audiences feel safe, like story and dialogue? So, as an audience member coming in, what can they expect? They can expect moments and vignettes of connection with Heather's character or characters yeah. that are... A response to sound and what we have looked at a lot we've had to it's actually a three-hour show we've, we've cut out we've cut out so much i'm really impressed with the amount of material we had yeah i thought that we would struggle but actually there we've, was so many ideas we've had to be brutal yeah and i've i 
I felt quite sad about a lot of the moments that yeah. we've had to ruthlessly get rid of because with all of them, but particularly with some of the ones that we've we've exterminated, um, <laughs> a lot of them have been about here's this regular banal sound that you hear every day. Mm-hmm. Let's make this banal sound a moving moment or almost a religious moment mm-hmm. or a moment that's vital um, or retell that sound in... Because sometimes we hear sounds so often they become wallpaper yeah. and we don't really listen to them anymore. You know, how often do we... This isn't, this isn't a sound that we discuss in the show, but how often do we ignore a car alarm? Um, and so that's interesting to me of those sounds that we hear too often that they now become unimportant to us and can we reinvest meaning in them can we reinvest the heart in them so would you say it's completely non-narrative then as, as a whole as the entire hour that that might well be true actually I think mm. it's more about little moments or experiences mm. so there's about you know there's a number of different little moments in, uh, in meeting different characters and I think there's a shared experience in that they are responding to sound or they are presenting to us sounds. Yeah. Um, but they don't necessarily inhabit the same universe. I mean, we we do, I don't to say, but we do have reoccurring mm. sort of characters or yeah. plot points that yeah. reoccur that I think could be a sort of narrative yeah yeah that's true yeah Yeah. it's a fascinating thing isn't it in terms of whether or not a a shared narrative for the entire hour is something to hold on to or something that's a burden Mm. and i think that's something that we really um investigated in rehearsal i think what's incredible is that when we first met up when we first talked about us doing an edinburgh show um, we knew that we wanted to do a show that was clowning and uh, movement based and but we didn't know what it was going to be about and then we came up with cacophony yeah um, and now it's turned into something where we're actually questioning mm. things like the the use of sound and what yeah. it would like without the sound and but we didn't originally start with that so it's definitely it's really divided yeah we originally started th- started thinking that we didn't want to do something um, political yeah. Uh, or have a particular point in uh, like um, we could, we could, we do you like didn't want to preach did we no we yeah. didn't we just thought we we want to play I think mm. play is definitely the word and have the audience be part of that experience yeah. not not actually physically be part of that experience yeah. but to enjoy that but then when we came up with the title cacophony it suddenly created this whole world of sound and yeah. what sound means to us and the use of sound if we take sound away and music and and suddenly it has become something that, which I think at first we said we weren't going to yeah. possibly explore, but we have explored and actually it's great. Yeah. It's come out of nowhere, which I think's And it's a really odd thing, particularly the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, where there's a thousand and another thousand shows to choose from. I've had to almost go against my instincts as um, somebody like selling the show because whenever I'm picking up um, flyers, it, normally in life, in everyday life, I, I I hate spoilers. You know, uh, even now, if you're going to tell me how Titanic ends, I'm gonna I'm gonna get annoyed with you. And so I, I I'm I'm vehemently against spoilers in in a, um in any form, yeah. um except for when it comes to the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> if I if I see it, uh, it's only because of the like, time and money. You've only got a certain amount of hours in. The fringe, out and day. Yeah. And so if you had a, fl- a flyer and the story of the the 
the stage, um, the play. If the story of the play tells you, Yasmin is concerned about the thing that happened to her earlier today. Something will happen later. Or will it? Dot, 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 question mark. I'm probably not going to see your show because yeah. I, I don't know what you're selling me. Yeah. And so that's been a really interesting thing for Cacophony because mm-hmm. I think we've, by design, had to be quite coy about what happens because there are unconnected vignettes. There are a almost willful turn away from a narrative yeah. and so there's been part of me going if I was in the Royal Mile myself not involved cast iron and I was handed this flyer would I go and see it yeah. and so that's been really part of you know the way that we've been sending the show the what we've put in our own flyers of it being that balancing that being here's about the experience not about the plot but about the experience and that's been a really fascinating <laughs> journey for me in terms <laughs> of not giving away the plot because arguably you could argue there may not be one yeah. uh, but being about the soundscape you know being part of that experience do you think that's similar in other forms as well so because um, we come from a very narrative theatre background yeah. Andrew you and I so yeah. perhaps that's similar to um, dance and other forms of physical theatre, mime, clowning. Is that how they approach things as well then? Quite possibly. You know, I know that when I've been seeing um, stuff like uh, Delaguada uh, from a few years back or more recently, although they're not necessarily part of the same uh, wheelhouse, but uh, people like um, Tree Grackenshaw and uh, Tapeface, the boy with the tape on his face, mm-hmm. um, thinking about it, I delightfully didn't know much about it going in in fact the first time I saw Delaguada uh, down in London um, I knew nothing about what I was going to see going in so every single moment was so visceral uh, uh, so exciting and it, I mean I should qualify that's a very different experience from what people seeing uh, Cat Cacophony will have um, Delaguada was a huge room mm. with no real stage and every part of the room including the ceiling itself was part of the experience mm. at one point um people fell out of the ceiling into the audience mm. and it would begin to rain on you and then people would pun- uh, punch their way out of the audience up into the air so mm. that's different from what we're doing <laughs> cacophony yeah. um <laughs> but um what i do remember about that was being so delighted that I knew nothing going in. Mm. So it was a true, dreamlike, visceral experience. Yeah. And I think, but I'm going to talk about you, Heather, now in a Sorry? really embarrassing, perhaps embarrassing way, but I, I think there is a sort of joy in what Heather does that can't be described on flyers. Yeah. You can get a sense of it in the poster because she's so ex- expressive, but there is a magic that she creates in this sort of hubbub of characterization, that's that hubbub is a good word. That's yeah, a that, that's, word. A, that's a sequel. Yeah, hubbub, hubbub. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, we've been uh, creating this as a, as a team. Uh, I mean, arguably, I guess that I've come up with um, some ideas in a, in a framework. It's a bit like um, there's that cliche, which might even be a lie. Uh, of when um, screenwriters for action movies they'll create a scene and rather than give you a detailed uh, 
choreography for a fight sequence. They'll go, they'll write, fight happens here. Yeah. And that's somewhat with quite clear eyes what we've tried to do here at least in the early stages of rehearsal is that I've I've, I know what sequence I want to happen so I've said Heather this is a bit (laughs) where you'll do this and this and this and it's not like I hope it's not like we've like put you adrift and you're flailing on your own but it does give you enough framework to bring your own paint to the paint box yeah I think um well, when we started, you did say, okay, I'm just going to throw a couple of things out there yeah. and we're going to see where we go. And um, it worked. I, don't, I didn't think, I don't think <laughs> you thought it was going to work that well, but it, it did. It was, I felt really comfortable that when you were like, can you just, you know, here's a, I don't know, um, um, I mean, this isn't a show, but um, Andrew would say, um, I want you to come on and I just want you to pick some apples from a tree and um, see where that goes. Um, maybe you discover a, a worm in the apple <laughs> yeah. and uh, maybe you then decide to become the worm. Oh, um, I'm having that idea, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> and so how, how does that work? Yeah. Um, and I think the best thing is, is the freedom to just go, yeah, let's give it sure. a go. Um, and uh, so how, how do you move like a worm? How you explore yeah. things? And I mean, a lot of the time it is just, it's, it's, I mean, it's good fun. Um, sometimes it doesn't quite work out or you really have to think about the movement yeah. Um, really, how does an animal? How does an animal work? But at the same time, you've got to think visually on stage. So if you're becoming a cat, you can't really go down on all fours because no. the audience can't really see you, That's depending true, yeah. on the how the stage is. So maybe you you give um, sort of like giving it some human qualities. Yeah. And making it more of a personality. So you're suggesting this is the animal I'm playing. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, trying to. I can't literally become the animal. Oh uh, yeah. So it's giving it, yeah, it's sort of playing around and it's quite, it's very comical and it's very fun. Yeah. And occasionally on a scene, I might know, I might have already decided what the end game is, that, oh, I know that I need this thing to end like this. Yeah. But then allowing you to take that journey, however long that takes. And occasionally, I mean, occasionally it's made me, I wouldn't necessarily be so bold and arrogant to say it's made me a better writer, but what it has taught me or retaught me is that occasionally because you're just the one person on the stage and you're trying to create an entire world on the stage without props and with um, only yourself and your own voice to use, that puts us in some interesting Mm cul-de-sacs. And occasionally I might want your character to get to a certain point, but you physically can't get to that certain point because you don't have the tools at your disposal. And so we've gone, well, we don't want to compromise on that Mm punchline, but we can't get to it like that way. So how can we make the difficulty work yeah. for us? I think I, I remember the examples you gave me were and uh, you said to it was in the cinema and you told me that I'm okay, so you're in a cinema and I want you to find every possible way that something's going to go wrong when you're trying to get to your seat. That's right. Yeah. And how you're going to annoy people. Or, and, it, and it's just thinking of, you know, tripping over someone, throwing your popcorn all over them and then. I don't know, trying to wipe it off them or, yeah. or you can't find your ticket yeah. um, and just continuously trying to find these difficult situations, these things that keep happening. I should say um, that this was a, a mime exercise. I didn't, this is I, mime. I, I didn't, didn't send actually... you into a cinema. <laughs> and the other one was a photo booth. Yes. All the things that could go wrong and all the yeah. silly things and yeah. silly faces and um, money, you know, you never have the right change. Yeah. Um, but she's great because you can really explore it and then you start to realise that oh god this happens to a lot of people they've always had these situations but it's just taking it to the extreme so that's reminded me really because we were chatting earlier about what an audience can expect and because there is a lack of dialogue it 
there is a universal experience that we're chatting about here. But, you know, even if we are talking about characters that may not even be human, anybody walking into space, even if they don't speak literally our language, if they don't speak English, mm-hmm. they'll recognise a part of their world yeah. in what you're bringing on stage. Um, which is probably kind of that will be out. That's not on our flyer, but that's somewhat our selling point in that, yeah, that you recognise, you recognise part of your own world in the world that we're presenting. Mm. Kind of what I'm trying to do there in a really um, belaboured way is begin to wind up our conversation. Yeah, yeah, but but well, also what I'm doing, you know how when you're you're. I mean, it's been a, some time since I did a, done a dissertation, but you, you know, you open with presenting your cause, mm-hmm. then you sort of spend the next um, 20 pages discussing it, and then you, in your last paragraph, you go, in Chris. conclusion. <laughs> so, in, 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 in conclusion, so we are about, in about 10, 15 days, whatever, we're about to yep. um, go to up to Edinburgh. We're, we're going to go up on the midnight bus. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a genuine experience. Yes. Um and we're gonna arrive in Edinburgh early one seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, very early. Um uh what what do you um apart from you know, you're doing the show and obviously um and you've been up to the fringe before as a as a punter. Uh, only once, yeah. and that was in 2010. So a, a, a few years back. Yeah. So and uh, now it's the ever end of the extreme. You're a performer. I know. Um, in Edinburgh for the full month. Um, what I, I've sprung this question on you. I apologise, Heather. I've not prepa- okay. I've not prepped you for this at all. What else do you want to experience in, in Edinburgh? As in seeing shows. Or well, that might be oh, one just, of the answers. Just general. Um, yeah. I am. Well, I'm looking forward to. Obviously, seeing a load of shows, um, but I'm actually just walking down the streets yeah. and seeing how people advertise, and it's just it's completely sort of, I don't know. It's you've yeah. got people just performing left, yeah. right, and centre, you know, just everywhere. And I'm looking forward to discovering secret locations. Oh yes, uh, and and doing what you said, where you walk in and you see a show that you possibly don't know anything about, and hopefully it turns out, you know, that actually it's wow. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to visiting some coffee shops. I don't know why. I randomly was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I want cute little coffee shops. Yeah. Um, um, just Edinburgh itself is very attractive. It was one yeah. of my favourite cities. Um, it's it's gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I culturally, I'm looking forward to sort of walking around and exploring that. Yeah. But um, I think it's a whole experience of um, living with, uh, you know, your directors essentially for a month as well. <laughs> Which is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And performing every day. Yeah. Minus three days, three I days. believe. So, yeah, we're... Um, three days off. Yeah. We should um, say that, actually. So, we're at the um, Cacophony. Yeah. He's at the Sweet Hollywood, uh, Hollywood 3. Um, every day, apart from those three... I think it's the three Wednesdays. I think it's the only... Yeah. Um, so from it's... the... 3rd of August uh, to the 27th of August at 7.30 every uh, evening. So, uh, Michelle, as the um, other, as we said it, the other, uh, no, actually (laughs) the the uh, co-artistic director of Cast Iron Theatre, this is also, you know, like it is for me, your first year of producing a show for yeah. the full month um, which is a different experience from being a punter um, yeah. we, we've done we've done the Airbnb before Airbnb yeah, we we, we've Airbnb. done we've done the hostel uh, at a uh, Castle Rock I love Castle Rock 
uh, which is a bit like Hogwarts. It, yeah. it, it's wow. a thing of beauty. Yeah. Um, it is lovely. There's a room with the piano in it. Yeah. It's just the piano room. This is a hostel. In yeah. a hostel. It, it, it's so beautiful. It's, a it's tri- totally a hostel, but yeah. it's, it's nice. Great. It's a chill out room with a piano. And if you have um, your mentality and your outlook on life, it can be quite determined in your immediate reaction to that sentence, a chill out room with a piano. Because <laughs> you might think those two things don't mix. Yeah. Or they absolutely do. Yeah. So that's up to you. Uh, I but have to say, it did, it did create a whole thing of a silent room where everyone is absolutely relaxed, not doing anything, reading a book, and then someone coming in with the confidence to sit down and start playing the piano. That socially made me go, how interesting. Yes. No, no, oh, I'm going to play the piano now, to which everyone would politely go, Go oh, ahead. Of course, yeah, yeah. go ahead. But to have the confidence to sit down... And then start playing. Yeah. Really, um, um, some days magnificent. Some days I found that interesting, but it is yeah. the most amazing. Yeah, car- castwork hostel is is lovely, but we're not doing that. Um, no. As you say, Heather, we're, we are we are being cast Iron Theatre with a little apartment, yeah. um, mm. just outside the city. Uh, we're not we're not we haven't got a room on the Royal Mile. That would be awesome. Yeah. But it's actually, I think, what I'm looking forward to is really having the time to explore um the 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 festival um because we kind of we went up 10 days before i think we've been up for for like 14 days once i don't know possibly um Um, but to have the ability to just sort of go okay we're here for a month which will include possibly some days chilling out and seeing other things and we haven't walked up arthur's seat yet no um, yeah, obviously, there's looking, yeah. there's the main yeah. festival as well because it's not all about the fringe. It's about the main festival as well. Yeah. There's the book festival as well, which we go on at the same time. I love the book um, yeah. There is so many other stuff going on in Edinburgh at the same time. Museum. So muse- indeed, museums, um, so many other things. Um, so we often we often ask uh, people um, where they hang out in um, Brighton when we're doing the podcast because it's we're normally like a Brighton based um, podcast. Uh, it just suddenly occurred to me there are places that we hang out in uh, Edinburgh when we're up in Edinburgh. Although I, I've now forgotten most of the names, the one place yeah. that I really enjoy hanging out at is uh, Black Medicine uh, Company, uh, which is um, a little coffee shop with really good coffee in the middle of Edinburgh um, and with the appropriate name. Um, um, yeah. Black medicine. Bagel. Oh, elephant bagel. And indeed, uh, there's also the cafe where J.K. Rowling also wrote, um, began to write Harry Potter. Is that called the elephant? It's connected to elephant it is. bagel. Is it Absolutely. The elephant house? That's right. Yes. I, elephant room. No, you're right. Elephant house. Because I'd forgotten the name, so I, I was stuttering there for a minute. Like, ah. So we sh- I should say, actually, that although the Cast Iron Theatre podcast is a, basically a Brighton-based podcast, we, we, know, we talk to people who are working in Brighton, performing in Brighton, gigging in Brighton, uh, but that's, that's a lie for the next month. Yeah, we're going on a field trip. We're going to be um, speaking to people um, who are, well, theatre makers who yeah. are in Edinburgh. We'll be hopefully catching up with people who are making amazing shows, chatting to them about where they come from, what their show's about, what they're doing next, how they've come up with their ideas, all the stuff that we love chatting to people about yeah. in Brighton. We're going to be doing in Edinburgh, and we're, we're kind of like officially probably should be speaking to people who are also going to be passing through Brighton, but I think we might not. I think we're, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna cheat, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, certainly we might have a little bit of a bias towards people on the South Coast. Yeah. Uh, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, but if, if, you know, if the opportunity arises, we're chatting to 
whoever we can yeah. really it's going to be genuinely exciting our first there's going to be lots of firsts for cast iron theatre in this year the 70th year of the edinburgh fringe yeah. um it's going to be really exciting um and so yeah cast iron up there for the first time cast iron podcast up there for the first time um heather rose andrews up there as a performer for the first time um <laughs> heather's doing a very good mime at the moment a little dance yeah um and it's genuinely very exciting yeah yeah I think before we go, because we'll we'll need to pop off soon. Yeah. Um, but before we go, should we mention? We should really. The yeah, because it's been the first, very first time. It's been the very first time so far. Actually, I might be misreading Michelle totally. Um, but it's been the very first podcast that we haven't accidentally referenced Doctor Who as part of of the <laughs> hour. <laughs> uh, you, do you know what? That isn't where you were going to go. That wasn't where I was going to go, but. Now that you've mentioned yeah. it, totally, we have to reference that. However, after that, we have to also reference our fundraiser. Of course, we of course <laughs> oh, we do. Yes, yes. but but how, more importantly, how interesting that even as poor <laughs> creatives who've got no money <laughs> and are, are going to take a big financial hit, guaranteed <laughs> on this Edinburgh Fringe, we still find it much, or I still find it much more important. I think I do. Yeah. That Jodie Whittaker is the thirteenth Doctor. Uh, I so excited. It's genuinely a little bit overwhelming, really. We had a little cry, and yeah. we then we had a little drink when we heard the news. We were in mid rehearsal. We were. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We stopped to watch. We the had to end stop. Of some we had sort to. of tennis match. Yeah. Oh god, that went on. No, that we did go on a bit. We like, a little bit longer. Yeah, but I suppose you know. But Jodie Jodie Whittaker, who is not. Uh, she will always be referred to as such, but she's not the first uh, female Doctor Who. She is the 13th Doctor Who. Yes. Um, and it's, I've been told anecdotally so many times over the past few days of seven-year-old girls, eight-year-old girls, 13-year-old girls mm. going, oh, I, I, I can do anything yeah. now. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is so open to me now. It's such a... Um, Yes, there are, uh, there's a certain amount of um, people on the internet who are unaccepting of this, and, and, not, and not just men, uh, men and women who aren't interested. And I'll have a certain amount of sympathy that you know their so-called favourite show is is not the show that they've known for the past fifty-three years. All right, but it is a show that's always about change, where the lead character does change. And while I have a certain amount of sympathy for people who are feeling hurt or abandoned by this apparently PC change, although I don't quite understand what the difference, the difficulty is for PC. Um, I'm not sure that I care that much yeah. because of those <laughs> eight-year-olds, those nine-year-olds, those 13-year-olds who have always had to play in the playground the boys' parts. Um, I saw this incredible video. I don't know if you've seen it. There was a clip of this young girl and her mother recorded her. Mm. I think her mother must have had some feeling that she thought it was going to be a female doctor. Yeah. And the child, her child obviously really was really into Doctor Who. And yeah. you can watch the, 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 the little girl's face as um, the doctor is, you know, revealed as this woman and she just goes crazy. Yeah. And it's like, it's so exciting. Mm. You just can't believe that she's like, it's a doctor, it's a woman, it's yeah. a woman. Yeah. Which well, is we, amazing. For um, International Women's Day, we um, at Cast Iron Theatre curate an evening of um, speeches and monologues and moments of um, traditionally male roles, um, but performed by women. And we've um, 
we've called that not just the companion. Yeah. On you know on exactly that that belief that the female member of the cast shouldn't be just the companion. The I- and it's so fabulous. Yeah. The idea that. Uh, to steal a line from a writer, uh, Chuck Wen- Wendig, to steal a line from him, the idea that I, we have no interest in telling little kids that if you're a girl, you're f- you're only regulated to being the support act. You're, mm. you're only regulated to being the wife or girlfriend. You're only regulated to being the one the, with the feed lines. And equally, if you're a boy, what, you always have to be the one, you know, driving the plot. You you, you can be equal. You can be um, supporting the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just genuinely exciting. Yeah. Um, I could genuinely spend the next two hours chatting about this, but we're, we're literally delaying our own rehearsals. <laughs> we are. So we, we, we are. should really move on. Um, so... What should we chat about as a clothing? What should we chat about? Well, I think we should mention um, our fundraiser. Yeah. Um, I believe. It, I've just realised, as I've mentioned that, that puts me on a huge amount of time pressure to edit this podcast yeah. and get it out. Turn that round. Yeah, yeah. In time for the. Uh, but that gives me an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> to go, oh, yeah, we don't have much time to edit this. <clears throat> so um, I, I guess that by the time this podcast comes out, it will probably be down to what, five days left of, of the fundraiser? Who knows? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We've got a few days left. Um, for our fundraiser, so um, it's on Indiegogo. That's right. Uh, we have a rather ambitious target um, to uh, try and get to £3,000. That's correct. We may not make that. No. And that's fine, because luckily enough, we have a flexible target, so anything that you donate, or if you choose to donate, dear listener... Um, we will see and every single pound really really does help um, so you're able to find our fundraiser it's called uh, Cacophony Edinburgh Fringe um, we also have our Facebook page That's which right. you can find at so uh, the symbol at at Cacophony C-I-T as in Cast Iron Theatre and on Twitter we are at cast underscore iron at as well that's right but i'm sure if you google cacophony edinburgh fringe you will find it there is another product called cacophony it's not that no cacophony <laughs> Ed- edinburgh fringe um and please do you'll also see a lovely video of uh, andrew and heather yeah. after rehearsal chattering yes. away about uh about cacophony and about our fundraiser but do have a look um, and every single pound is really 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 welcome yeah and that sounds like um a sort of thing that people at theatre companies always say um but it's genuinely true no, it's a single yeah. a single pound you know yeah. if, if that's it a single pound uh because hey if everybody who listens to this podcast because we know we begin to get the numbers now mm. if everyone who listens to this podcast could give us a pound or a dollar or whatever then we'd be in a healthy possibility of actually making our cheerfully impossible target prove us prove us wrong prove us wrong um and also because we know it's and we're very british and fundraising for something that we have chosen to do (laughs) and that isn't arty and uh we were aware and feeling very british about asking for any funds towards that however we do not receive funding from any other place and we are completely up for funding this entirely off our own backs. Mm-hmm. We're um, fabulously 
um, grateful for any support Absolutely. you may wish to show. And there are yeah. also little rewards for you if you do decide to back. Yeah. It's called backing. That's right. So if you do that, like, I feel very old. I've just done bunny back, rabbit years yeah. for that. <laughs> so if you do decide to back us, um, then uh, there are little rewards Absolutely, on the yeah. Indiegogo account. That's so right. So you can, you can get something in return Claim rather than just feel very, very um, uh, philanthropic. Yeah. So if you found us, if you found this podcast um, on uh, Twitter, if you found it on Facebook, if you found it on any of our websites, the Cast Eye website or whatever, um, have a look around that feed because just after us showing it, we'll provide another link for the uh, Indiegogo thing. So we won't. We'll try and make it life. E- Obviously, we're going to make life easy for you to give us money. That's clearly going to happen. Yeah. And so. Um, is look up and down the feed uh, of this of wherever you found us and we'll have we'll be providing a link for the Indiegogo yeah we might be able to put it in the little comments there. I think we probably will that's yeah, uh, yeah so that should we'll be it quite 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 uh, can we say we're quite new on episode 21 is that excuse wearing somewhat thin now no I, I think you're absolutely fine yeah you've been in the previous yeah. episode actually haven't you uh, yeah, pretty, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, you meant the <laughs> most recent one, and I, just, I don't remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. I've been so busy. You're, you're very you tired, Heather. Um, <laughs> no, you, you, you were in... Um, Fanny Tasticals. Fanny Tasticals, yeah. which is a sketch group in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, and we we shouldn't really get into this conversation in the last closing yeah. minutes yeah. of the podcast. But there's an exciting future ahead in the late days of the year for Fanny Tasticals. It's just, you know, I, yeah. you may not actually we'll keep it quiet, but... Yeah, I expect happening. exciting expect things. Yeah. From the, from I was going to say, there are things brewing in the fanny world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was that, just saying. Yeah. Anything to get us more hits on the search engine, you know, uh, <laughs> is going gonna to work fine. And so... Um, Thank you for uh, d- uh, downloading or listening or streaming this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. Um, we're very excited about Cacophony. Yeah. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Edinburgh. Um, tell us about the shows that you're doing. Um, please uh, invade our Twitter feed and um, uh, we'll retweet you, we'll chat to you, we'll, um, we'll mildly stalk you. And um, it's going to be an exciting month. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. And edited by Michelle Donkey. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, Cast underscore Iron Axe. On Facebook, Iron Glad Cast Iron, all one word. Our website is castironbrighton.bb.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for listening. Twenty one week. <laughs> start again. Start again. Okay. Thank you. Shush, shush, shush. I wasn't even going to say hello. Our trigger word of the day. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's not a funny word. Hello and well. <laughs> What's your problem? Okay. <laughs> Don't cry. It was doing so well before it stopped recording. It was doing so well. Okay, cool. Hello and uh, welcome or thank you. Hello and thank you for downloading... Oh, I'm going to say that again without shouting down the microphone. Hello and thank you for Mm. (sighs) downloading...